My name is Tariq, and I lead the campus ministry. The campus ministry actually isn't here this morning. Right? I mean, there are a few members here, but um, not everybody's here. They're in Gabrielino. They're still at church, but they're at Gabrielino High School. Uh, Reese asked me to come and preach for you guys today, this morning. And so I said, yes, right now I'm here. All right? And so Reese told me that I could preach on anything I wanted to, all right, as long as it's in the Bible. Right, those were his words. And so with that being said, I'm not going to start with the Bible. All right, I'm, I'm going to start with an exercise, all right, a little activity. All right, there, I promise there's some Bible um, in this lesson, but we're going to start with an activity. It's a fill-in-the-blank exercise, all right, fill-in-the-blank. Okay, and so I'm going to read off some phrases, some very popular phrases and some song lyrics, and you guys have to finish the sentence, all right, fill in the blank, okay? And some of them are easy, some of them are a little hard, um, but we're going to have fun here. All right, so are you guys ready? All right, so number one, take me out to the... Good. May the force... If at first you don't succeed... That's an older one. All right, it's an older one. My mom told me that growing up. All right, growing up I had a lot of failures. Um, and so she always told me, try, try again, Tariq. Um, cool. Next one. The best part of waking up. Good. You guys didn't sing it. You're supposed to sing it. It's folders in your cup, right? The happiest place? On earth. Disneyland. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. All right. This is a song lyric. And I think the teens and the millennials are going to like this one. Um, is it too late now to say? Good. That's Justin Bieber. All right, here's another song lyric. Popular. You used to call me on my... Drake. Good. All right. How about this one? To live is Christ. Good. For the word of the Lord is... Good. I've hidden your word in my heart. Good. Some of you guys got that one. Good. Right? Good. You know, I was thinking about all these phrases, these popular phrases, and I was just thinking about it, and we, we know these phrases, right? But we didn't really take any extra time to memorize them, right? We, we, we didn't take any time to, to actually memorize them. We just heard them a lot, right? Growing up, you hear them on the radio, we hear them in movies, right? We didn't take the time to sit and say, may the force be with you. Like, we didn't do that, <laughs> right? It's, it's out of repetition, we know this, and I thought, man, how awesome what our lives be if we can do that with Scripture, right? If, we could, if someone were to just start a Scripture and they were going and we just filled in the rest, right? How awesome would our lives be if we did that? You know, the Bible actually tells us in Psalms 119, verse 11, go ahead and put it on the, the screen. It was that last phrase we recited, right? I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, right? The Bible tells us, hey, there's, there, there's something about God's word. There's some sort of power in God's word that if we hide it in our hearts and if we take the time to memorize it, it becomes our only hope and strength not to sin against God. You know, so many people who are trying to follow God, they live these lives where they're trying to follow God, but they have all these sin, the sin in their lives and they're going back and forth, to them and forth, right between God and sin and sin and God. And the Bible tells us right there, hey, if we take the time to memorize scripture and hide it in our hearts, 
We can overcome it. Right? And yeah, we're not perfect. Right? There's always going to be this battle of the sinful nature between us, right, among us. But it says, hey, if we hide it in our hearts, there's a difference between someone who is stuck in sin and someone who is constantly overcoming sin. And the Bible tells us our solution right there. Hey, it's memorizing scripture. It's hiding scripture. It's taking time to hide scripture in our hearts. You know, I have a video that I want to show. But before we show the video, right, how much time? I want to ask you guys this question, right? How much time do you think the average person who wants to follow God, how much time do you think they spend with God? What do you guys think? Fifteen, an hour a week, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, five hours. All right, there's a lot of hope there. Right, five hours, is that a day or is that a, a week? <laughs> Just joking. Right? So this is video that I want to show, and this video is really cool because it, it kind of shows us or it kind of um, gives us an idea of, of how much on average time we spend, humans spend doing things. Right? And so it's, it's before we play it, it's, it's a little bit of an older video. Okay? And so um, the, the music's a little older. It's kind of like this techno thing. It was, it was made in 2007. Or at least that's what, right, 2007 is not that old. Right, but you get, I thought it was older, but YouTube said 2007, right? But watch this video. At the end of the video, at the end of the video, right, it's going to tell us how much time on average, the, the, the average Christian spends time with God, okay? But in doing so, it kind of builds up and it shows you, hey, how much time we spend on the phone and in the bathroom and, and stuff like that. So go ahead and, and play the video.
Well, you do the math. Interesting video, huh? Yeah, interesting, right? I mean, 40 minutes a day on the phone. Um, this was like, I guess, 2007, right? And with the, the popularization of smartphones, um, it's probably more these days, right? With apps and Instagram and Snapchat, right? It's not just you're calling people, right? Uh, but 40 minutes, that's normal, right? Bathroom, an hour in the bathroom, right? That's, we'll say that's, that's normal, right? Um, 26 minutes a day getting dressed, right? That's, that's average, right? But some of us maybe, I see some of you guys shaking your heads like, I spent more time doing that, uh, right? 26 minutes a day getting dressed. The, the big thing is three hours of television each day, right? That's interesting, right? And this was, this was a study done in 2007, right, with the popularization of Netflix, right, with shows. Now the average show goes an hour, right? Remember when they used to be 30 minutes, right? You get 30 minutes, and then you got to wait till next week. Now it's an hour, right? And so three hours, maybe more these days, right? But if those stats are, are true, right, that the average Christian, the average person who wants to follow God only spends less than 10 minutes a day in the Word, right? And average life expectancy is, is 77, right? They say that it's less than three years, right? No, they said less than seven months in a lifetime, right? There's this huge disparity, right? It's no wonder why people live these lives where they're going back and forth between God and sin, and they're stuck in their sin, and they're not overcoming sin because they're not taking the time to hide God's word in their hearts. You know, the Bible tells us, hey, a firm foundation in Scripture is what helps us overcome sin. You know, our theme for the year is build, right? And we have these fires, right? Build. Um, we've been studying out the book of Nehemiah. Are you guys still on the book of Nehemiah? Good. All right. And, and the St. Gabriel, we finished. Um, <laughs> amen. Right. So Nehemiah, great book, right? What chapter are you guys in? You guys are in Nehemiah 5, 8? You got, are you, do you guys know? Five, eight, six, right? Amen. Right, you're still in Nehemiah. Amen. Right. Our theme of the year is build, right? Because we want God to build us up. Right? And we've been studying this the book of Nehemiah because this is about Nehemiah and he's rebuilding the wall. Right? And so with this theme and this idea of build, I thought it would be cool to kind of talk about buildings. Right? So buildings. What are some kind of popular buildings that you guys know? Right? Empire State Building is one of them. The Space Needle, I heard. The Sears, Sears Tower. Disney Hall. The Concert Hall. Any others? Popular buildings, world known. The Leaning Tower of Pisa. The Eiffel Tower. The, the one, yeah, in Dubai, they're actually building a, a, a building that, like, rotates. Right? Or it's proposed that it, it, it rotates. Right? That's really cool. The Taj Mahal. Right? There, there are tons of, of huge buildings. Right? I have a few pictures of some cool buildings, right? The, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, someone mentioned that, right? Interesting building there. The next one, the uh, Eiffel Tower, right? You mentioned the Eiffel Tower. It's really pretty at night. What about this one? Right? It's a crazy building, right? This is a, this is a real building. It's not Photoshop. This, this building is called, it's a museum, and it's called House Attack. I mean, that's what it's called. It's like, it looks like someone threw a house at a building, right? But this is actually a museum in Austria, Right? Austria, that's where Arnold Schwarzenegger is from. I, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? But this is, a, and then there's another view of it, right? This is another point of view. It's weird. There's people walking under it, right? Like the building's going to fall on them. It's crazy, right? But when you think about buildings, you think about, hey, buildings are, like, the popular buildings are huge, and they're massive, and they're, they're cool to look at, and, and fun to take pictures of, right? But when you think about buildings, 
buildings are only as great as their foundation. Right? You can build the, 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 the coolest looking building in the world. Right? The tallest building in the world. The building with the most rooms in the whole wide world. But they're only as great as their foundation. If there's no solid foundation, the building will crumble. And so the title of today's lesson is, How Strong is Your Foundation? All right, how strong is your foundation? Because if we want God to build us up, we need to have a strong foundation. We need to have a firm foundation. And this is an idea that's carried out through Scripture. Right? In Ephesians chapter 2, it talks about, hey, God's church is, is something that needs to be built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Right? It needs to be built on the Bible. In Matthew 7, Jesus says, hey, when you put my words into practice, you have a firm foundation. Your foundation is solid. You know, throughout the Bible, you get this idea that God is saying, if you choose to hide your word or hide my word in your heart, you're going to have this firm foundation. And God's going to be able to build you up. And that's what it talks about in Psalm chapter one. Let's all turn to the book of Psalms. All right. Psalm chapter one. All right. We're going to kind of set up camp here. All right. We're going to look at what Psalm says. Psalm one says about laying a firm foundation. In Psalm 1, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. Right? And so it starts off with this word blessed. This word blessed means happiness. It means joy. It means pleasure. Right? And this is God's number one desire for people who want to follow him. Right? Blessing. Right? God wants us to be happy. Right? And, and you get the idea that this is God's number one desire for us if you read the Bible. Right? You look at Genesis. Right? Before there was sin, there was union in the garden. Right? Man was unified with God, and he was happy. He was content. Right? This is God's number one desire for us. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be hardships. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be trials. Right? God, the Bible actually promises those would happen. Right? Because we need trials to build character. Right? But you get this idea in the Bible... That God is saying, hey, nothing on earth is going to fulfill you. Nothing on earth is going to fulfill you outside of me, so come to me. That's why the Bible keeps bringing us back to God. Right? For blessing, for happiness. You know, so he says in Psalm chapter 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. All right? He says, hey, you're blessed, right? You're happy when you don't listen to the counsel of the wicked. Right? We saw that the video, it said about three hours on television. We're bombarded, right, with all these ideas, right? Every day we're bombarded with the, the doctrine of the world, right, the doctrine of the secular world on the news and television, right? We're bombarded with that. We're bombarded with the counsel, the advice of what the world is saying to do, what the world. The world has a huge opinion on what life should be like, right, how we should look, right, how our marriages should look. You know, how smart you should be, what you should wear. This is what's cool. This is what's in. You should drive this car. The world has a huge opinion on the way we should live life. And God is saying, hey, you're blessed if you don't listen to this. Right? You're blessed if you're not walking on the counsel of the wicked. You're not dwelling on that advice. You know, and then he goes, hey, you don't stand in the way of sinners. Right? This is interesting. Right? It's not you're not standing in the way of sinners. Right? You're not, hey, I'm in your way. You can't sin. It's not like that. Right? God's not saying that. Right, God's saying, hey, you don't stand with sinners. You don't do the things that they're doing. And you kind of see this progression building. There's somebody who is walking in the counsel of the wicked, 
and somebody who is standing. And finally, he says, you know, sit in the seat of, of mockers, right? And so we have a slide here, right, of this progression, right? So at first, someone is, is, is walking, right? You're walking in the council of the wicked, right? You're hearing all these things that the world is telling you to do, right? So you're walking, and then you're standing with them, right? So you're actually doing the things that you hear the world saying, right? You start doing these things that you hear these people saying, right? And then it says you're sitting in the seat of mockers. And so now, right, you're walking, right, and you're standing, you're doing the things, and now you're sitting down telling everybody else to do the same thing. And that's what it's saying there. There's this progression that builds. And that's what it looks like for someone who doesn't have their foundation in the Word of God, right? They're easily swayed, right? They're easily influenced, and God's not able to build them up, right, because they're easily influenced. They haven't laid their foundation. They haven't taken the time to hide God's Word in their heart. You know, and then it goes on, right? We look back at Psalm. It goes on to tell us, hey, what it looks like for someone who does have their foundation in the Word of God. You know, verse 2, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Right? So it says, hey, you're blessed when you're not walking that way, you're not standing that way, you're not sitting that way. And you're also blessed when your delight is in the law of the Lord. Right? This word delight, it means, hey, please, joyful, happy. And so God is saying, hey, you're not doing all these things that everybody's telling you to do, but you're taking delight in the law of the Lord. Now, what does that look like? All right, for someone to take delight, someone to take pleasure in the law of the Lord, and, and we're kind of lucky because we actually have the Bible to tell us. Right? In Psalm chapter 19, Psalm chapter 19, we see what it looks like for someone to take delight in the law of the Lord. Right? In Psalm 19, verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing to the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are much more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. All right, this is David writing. I mean, you get the idea that David is, is taking delight in the scriptures. All right, look how he's describing it. Radiant, it's refreshing, it's pleasing, it's more precious than gold. All right, David didn't even have the whole Bible. Right, David had what people kind of argue is the boring parts of the Bible, right? Deuteronomy, Leviticus, right, Numbers. And he's taking delight in this. Right, he's taking delight. And that's what it looks like. And God's saying, hey, you're blessed when you take delight in my word. Right? It is so easy to get bogged down. It is so, we're bombarded again by the ideas and the philosophies of this world. And it's so easy to get bogged down by that. But God is saying, hey, if you take delight in my word, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be happy. You're not going to be easily swayed. And then the Bible says, hey, if you do that, if you take delight in the Bible, if you take delight in my word and you lay it as your foundation, something really incredible happens. Something truly incredible happens when we take delight in the Bible, in the Word of God, in Psalm chapter 1, verse 3. All right, let's go back to chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1, verse 3. You guys with me? Yeah. It got a little quiet. I always tell the campus, I don't like preaching in a library. All right, I always tell the campus that. All right, so, so feel free to, to interact. Amen. All right, come on, Tariq. All right, you can say that kind of stuff. It's okay. All right, and maybe I'll go, yes, like Reese. Psalm chapter 1, verse 3. It says, 
He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruits in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. All right. And so it says, hey, he's like a tree. And so let's all picture this for a second. Close your eyes if you need to. But picture a tree. Okay, picture a tree. All right, a luscious tree. Does everybody have that picture of a tree? Good. And so picture this tree planted on a piece of land. Okay, you guys have that in your head? A tree on a piece of land. Now picture streams all around that tree on this piece of land. All right, picture this tree on this piece of land so that there's streams going by it. Okay, and so you have this tree. You have this tree by the stream and by this water. And because the water keeps, because the water's there, the tree keeps sucking and sucking up these nutrients. Right? You have this tree on this piece of land and it's surrounded by water. We know that plants need water to thrive. And so imagine this tree is just thriving. Right? Because it's around this, this water. And so it's sucking up this water, it's sucking up these nutrients, and it's becoming greener and greener. Right? Because of this water and because of all these nutrients, right? It's becoming greener and greener and it starts to bear fruit. So fruit is produced, and its leaves, they don't wither. They never wither because it's always by this stream. It's well-nourished. And the Bible says that's what it looks like when somebody is hiding God's word in their heart. They're like this tree planted by this stream of water. Because they're taking the time to hide the Bible in their hearts, they're well-nourished. And because they're well-nourished, their roots are growing deeper and deeper, and they're getting stronger and stronger, and their foundation is getting stronger and stronger, and they're able to, they're able to build uh, bear fruit, right? And they're able to be built up higher and higher because they're by the source. God is the water, and we're the tree. And so you have this picture of somebody who's able to get built up higher and higher. That's our theme for the year, right? Built, right? And we're able to get built higher and higher. Because we're constantly being nourished. And so you have this picture of a tree that God gives us here, but it's, it's totally different than the picture of somebody who's not hiding God's word in their heart. Right? The tree is somebody who is, who is taking time to lay the word as their foundation. But let's look at what God says on, in verse 4. In verse 4 it says, Not so the wicked, they are like chaff, but the wind blows away. We'll stop there, right? So it's not so the wicked. The wicked are like chaff. Does anybody here know what chaff is? Some of you guys, what's chaff? Sawdust, right? Yeah, leftover stuff. Dead shrubbery. Yeah, right? So, so this is cool, right? Chaff, it, it's, it's so, has anybody ever pressed wheat before? I doubt it. So some people, right? Good. Right, some people, I've never done it, right? But when you're pressing wheat, right, you, you have the wheat kernels, and you, you put it on whatever you're using to press. You put it on the press, and you press down, right, and then the chaff falls off, right? It's kind of like, in a sense, like a dandelion. Has anybody here ever blown on a, a dandelion? Yeah, right, you blow it, and then the, the what is it, petals? It's a flower, right? So the petals kind of, they, they, they fly away, right? Even the slightest one, right? You can wave your hand. I used to do that. I used to wave my hand on the, the dandelion, and it used to go away. It's kind of like, um, like a peanut. Right, peanut in its purest form, right? You take it out of the shell, right? You know that brown stuff, that reddish brown stuff that's on the peanut that you don't want to eat, right? And you're like, what is this? It's nasty, right? You, you take it off and you eat the nut, right? That's what chaff is, right? It's this light, flaky stuff that just gets blown away at the slightest wind. And that's the comparison we get in the scripture. 
We have this tree, again, we have this tree that's planted by a stream, right? And all this water is around it, and it's well-nourished, and it's flourishing. And then you have this chaff that just gets blown away with the slightest wind, right? Like the flaky stuff on the peanut or the jam joint, right? So, again, you have this chaff that gets blown away, and you have this tree, this tree and the chaff. And so when you think about that, and when you read this scripture and you think about it, which one are you? Are you the tree that's well-nourished? Or are you the chaff that just gets blown away? You know, are you the person that when temptation comes your way, you're able to stand firm and, and stand, stand up strong in the face of sin? Right? Are you this chaff that, hey, even when the slightest wind of temptation comes, you're back to your sin? Right? Are you this tree that stands firm and all sorts of things are thrown at you? Right? Are you bombarded by all these things and because your foundation is strong and your roots are deep that you don't move and you stand firm? Are you this chaff that just gets blown away? Right? The moment temptation comes, God is forgotten. You're just blown away. You know, which one are you? Think about that and, and imagine here with me. All right, imagine here with me. What if each and every one of us were like that tree? All right, imagine. What if each and every one of us in this room was like that tree? You know, we all take the time to actually hide God's word in our hearts. Because that takes time. Right? When you hide things, it takes time. So you're taking time to, to hide God's word in your heart, maybe more than less than 10 minutes a day. Right? Like that one study. If every one of us in this room really took the time to lay God's word as our foundation, imagine what that would look like. You know, how awesome would that be? Just a bunch of trees planted by streams of water, and we're well nourished because we're hiding God's word in our heart. You know, the Bible is cool because we don't really have to do that much imagining. Because right, the Bible actually tells us what happens when somebody does that. When somebody takes the time to lay God's word as their foundation. Psalm 1, verse 3. It says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. And the Bible tells us, hey, if you're like that tree, whatever you do, just it seems to work. Right? It, just, it seems to just work because you have this strong, firm foundation. And this isn't just a one-time thing in the Bible. Right? God says this throughout his Bible. There's this, this way he's built his world system to work that if you follow his word, good things tend to happen. Right? Joshua 1, when, when, when God is, is, is trying to build Joshua up, he says, hey, meditate on my word day and night. You're going to be successful. Right? Many of us know Matthew 6.33. Seek God first. Lay God's word as your foundation, and everything you worry about will be given to you. You know, God has set his world system up that whatever you do prospers. You know, some of us, we even know these people. People who just, whatever they do tends to work. Right? And maybe it's because they're laying God's word as their foundation. You know, if we lay God's word as our foundation, right, he's going to be able to build us up. He's going to be able to build us up higher and higher so that we look like those buildings that people are in awe of. People are going to see our lives and they're going to be like, why is everything going well for you? Why do you look so good? Right? Like those buildings that people are in awe of. It's because God's word is your your foundation and you're not easily shaken. You know, so how can we live this out? Practically, how can we live this, 
live this out. I want to close here with the practical, right? And it may be a challenge for some of you. For, for others, it may not. But the Bible here, it says, hey, meditate on God's word. Meditate on the law day and night. And so I want to encourage each of you to meditate on God's word day and night this week. Right? This whole week. When you wake up in the morning, read some scripture. All right? Hide in your heart. And take the time. And then before you go to sleep at night, do the same. And do that all week. Right? And see what happens. Right? See how stress melts away. See how less anxious you become. If you have things going on in your life, watch and see how God is going to provide for you. Right? And don't do it with the mindset of, hey, I'm going to do this because God's going to do something for me. Right? I'm going to scratch your back if you scratch mine, God. No, don't do it that way. Right? Do it with the heart to get close to God. Right? Do it with the heart to grow closer to God. So you can be like that tree and you're by that stream. And whatever you're doing is prospering because God's word is your foundation and your roots just keep growing deeper and deeper. Let's all make the decision today to make God's word our foundation so he can build us up. Amen? Amen. So, thank you. I'm going to close this out in a word of prayer. It's kind of awkward, right? It's like, hey, is it over? Right? I just remembered. Um, so let's pray. Um, dear Father God, um, we are so grateful for you, Father, and for your son and how your son has transformed us, Father. God, I pray as you are with us this week, God, I pray that we actually take the time to hide your word in our heart. Father, I pray that we're able to dwell on your word day and night, Father, and I pray that good things happen, Father. I pray that we prosper. Father, I pray that people see our lives and it draws them to you. God, I pray that you are with us for the rest of today and throughout this week. We love you so much. In your name I pray. Amen.